Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Thank you all so much for coming. Um, if you haven't, um, if I haven't got to meet you yet, my name is Matt. I'm the youth pastor here. And um, how many of you are refuelers? You come here just about every week or every time you can. How many of you, somebody brought you and you really didn't know what you're getting into tonight? Okay, so we kind of have a little bit of, yeah. So yeah, good for you guys too. We have a little bit of everything tonight. Um, you all kinds of different people. Um, and here, here's, here's something that I truly believe. Um, you may have been invited or you may have come because, you know, you've heard about, like, there's this epic amount of food downstairs, and there is. Um, but if you've been around here for any length of time, you know that we're not just about the food. The reason that we come, and we meet here every Wednesday night, and the reason we meet here every Wednesday night is because we're people whose lives have been changed by Jesus. And we're very upfront about that. Uh, we're very open about that. Like, we don't just, like, like dangle, like, some food and be like, oh, gotcha, here's Jesus. Like, we're all about Jesus, and I, and I hope you've already realized that coming in. So something that we do every time we're together is we talk about Jesus. And I want to take just a few minutes and share with you a true story from the Word of God about Jesus. Um, This is something that Jesus did historically, actually happened. And in this story, I believe that you're going to see something about yourself and I'm going to see something about myself. So the question I want you to be thinking about as we learn and read through this true story from the Word of God is where do you see yourself in this story? So as, as, you're, as you hear about the different characters, the different people that are involved about in this story about Jesus, this true story from the word about God, God about Jesus, I want you to just ask yourself and be thinking, where do I see myself in this story? This true story from the word of God comes from Luke chapter 17, and we're going to have the verses on the screen, and I'm not going to necessarily read every verse line by line. Um, I'm going to tell you the story and you're going to be seeing the story um, on the screens. And we start out with this story. It's an interesting story. It starts with 10 people. We don't know if this was 10 girls or 10 guys. We know one of them was a guy, but 10 people who meet Jesus. And you can go ahead and put the first slide up there, Jeff. It has the first section of scripture. Um, we see that Jesus is, wa- is traveling. Jesus is always going from one place to another. And he's going with his, his posse fr- through these, this area called Samaria um, in Galilee. And he's on his way to Jerusalem. He, he, and he stops in a city. We don't know the name of this city. But he stops in a city. And on his way into the city, it says that 10 lepers cry out to Jesus. These are lepers. They're not leopards. They're not like the animals with spots. These are lepers. Does anybody know what a leper is? A leper is someone who has a disease that we know today as Hansen's disease. And it's a very, 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 very tragic disease. It's a miserable disease and it's a deadly disease. And there are 10 of these lepers. And what you see is that they scream at Jesus. They lift their voices up to Jesus and they say, Master, have mercy on us. They're screaming at Jesus and asking Jesus for help. Why are they asking Jesus for help? Because they have a disease called leprosy. And I want to tell you a little bit about why they were suffering because I think you might see a little bit of yourself in this. If you have some like incredibly transmittable skin condition, like we'll sit you over here. Um, But I don't think you have that. Um, But I think you're going to see yourself in a little bit of the experiences of these 10 lepers. The first thing that we know about leprosy is it's a self 
destructive disease. What happened to these, these, these guys and girls who were lepers is they would start having, you know, they, they were from the Middle East, so their skin was this you know, beautiful, like dark olive you know, color, and they would start having these white blotches on their hands and on their face. That would be the first sign. Then they would start progressively losing feeling in their hands. It attacked the nervous system. So they'd lose feeling in their hands. They'd lose feeling in their face. What would happen? Most lepers would start losing parts of their body. They would either fall off or they would be destroyed. And here's the reason. Because they would lose the feeling in their hands and in their feet and in their face. And when they would be cooking over a fire and they'd be flipping their food over, they'd be cooking their food, they wouldn't realize their hand was being burnt because they had no feeling in their hands. There are stories about, these, about lepers who were sleeping and they would wake up missing a finger because a rat had eaten it off. They had no feeling. What would happen is it would continue to uh, attack their nervous system to where their nose would start to get sunken in. And, and they'd lose control of their arm or their leg and they would start, they're, they're literally their body parts would start falling off. But most of the time it was because where they had no feeling, they would sleep in positions that would cut off circulation to parts of their body and they wouldn't wake up from the pain. They, it was a self destructive disease. They weren't aware that they were tearing their own bodies apart. Do you see yourself in this story? Have you realized in your life that sometimes you have some self-destructive behaviors? That sometimes the situations that you find yourself in are a result of the choices that you made that just weren't good or weren't right? According to the word of God, all of us have sin in our lives. All of us have the self-destructive disease of sin. We've gone against the way that God has for us to live and it causes self-destruction in our lives. The next thing we know about leprosy is people who were lepers, people who had leprosy, they suffered from loneliness and abuse. Back then, they thought that leprosy was a disease that, that would be easily transmitted. We don't know about any of those kind of diseases recently, do we? Uh, so what they were told, and everybody said, was that lepers had to stay, you might chuckle, you might not, six feet apart from everybody else. And what would happen was these lepers were kicked out of their neighborhoods. They were kicked out of their families. They had to go, back then cities had walls to protect them. They had to go and live outside of the city walls. Dads woke up and had to leave their families. Kids woke up and had to say bye to their moms and dads. Moms woke up and had to say bye to their kids. And they were living alone, knowing that they would never be able to experience a human hug again. Knowing they'd never be able to experience the thrill of a kiss. Knowing that they would never even be able to feel like the, the feeling of the wind against their face. And not only did they experience exclusion, they, they go into town and if they were to go into town, they had to walk around yelling so people would know to stay away from them. They had to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. And people were like cockroaches when you turn the lights on. Like they, would, they were running away from these people. Not only were they totally alone, they were the victims often of abuse. People from inside the city would come outside the city and to make sure the lepers knew not to come into the city, they would pelt them with rocks. They would laugh at them. They would go through and destroy their little leper communities that they created on the outside. They were the, they were the objects of hate. 
Do you see yourself in this story? Jesus talked about how it's, it's sin in our lives and sins in the lives of others that make us to where our relationships just don't work the way they should. Families don't work the way that God created them to be because of sin. Romantic relationships don't work the way they should, the way God created them to be because of sin in our lives. Maybe you real, you're, you're identifying with the story all too well because just like one out of every five teenagers, teenage girls, you've suffered abuse at the hands of someone. Just like those, those people picked up rocks and pelted those lepers, you know what it's like to be bullied relentlessly. Not even to want to wake up and go to school because that people make your life a living hell. Do you see yourself in this story? Ultimately, what we realize... Ultimately, what we realize is that leprosy also was a death sentence. Eventually, that disease would attack your nervous system to where your heart would stop beating, your lungs would stop breathing, your brain would stop firing, and you would die. Getting that diagnosis, knowing that you had leprosy, was a death sentence. Do you see yourself in a story? You know, I, it's, it's, I've been a youth pastor for 10, a little over 10 years now, and what is so sad and what is so disheartening and so discouraging is that in the 10 years I've been a youth pastor, every year we've lost a teenager in one of our local schools. You know, it, it's easy to think that we're going to live forever, but Jesus reminded us in the Word of God that it's appointed unto all of us once to die. So just like these lepers had a death sentence and it was coming pretty quick, we all are going to die. It's because of the sin in our lives. And Jesus said this, he said, it's pointed unto people once to die and after that is the judgment. So these lepers, they're crying out to Jesus because they, they're, they're in a terrible condition and they have nowhere else to turn. They've been to, they've been to objects of abuse. They, have, they, they, they feel so alone they're in a pattern of self-destruction and they know that without the help of somebody, they're going to die. So what happens when they cry out and call out to Jesus to help them? We see in verse 14, it says, Jesus, we can go to the next slide, Jesus saw them. Isn't that interesting? He saw them. Maybe you're like me and when you're going through a difficult time, when you're struggling, you're afraid to tell anyone. Jesus sees you. Maybe you feel alone or abused. You're in that pattern of self-destruction. Maybe everything that's been going on the past few weeks have, have just brought, brought death just right to the forefront of your mind. Jesus sees you. Not only does Jesus see you and care about you, he's powerful enough to help you and to save you. What did Jesus say? It says, he saw them and he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. The priests were the healthcare professionals of that day. If someone thought they were cured of leprosy, what they would have to do is to go into the city and be examined by the priests and there would be an eight-day process that they'd have to go through to prove that they didn't have leprosy anymore. But the thing is, nobody didn't have leprosy anymore. Nobody was cured of it. So he says, go show yourself to the priest. So what did they do? They said, well, Jesus has been healing the sick. He's been raising the dead. 
And he tells us to go show ourselves to the priest. Let's do it. They take a step of faith and they start walking toward the city to show themselves to the priest. And all of a sudden, the blotchiness of their skin goes away. It goes from white to that olive color. As they're walking, they start to feel the wind on their face. Their nose gets back to the way it should and their, the, the fingers that they lost start coming back and they are cleansed. They are healed of this leprosy. Wow. So it's a reminder that not only does Jesus see what we're going through, he's strong enough to take care of what we're going through. He saved these men from their leprosy. These men and women maybe. And as these people are walking to the city, I mean, can you imagine like how pumped you would be? Like if you got, if you got healed from this deadly disease, you'd be like, I'm gonna go show myself to the priest and then I'm gonna go kiss my wife. Like I'm, I'm gonna go show myself to the priest and then I'm gonna go you know, play basketball with all my buddies. Like, like can you imagine all the things that they wanted to do now that they could have relationships again, now that they were no longer stuck in that pattern of self-destruction? Can you imagine all the things they wanted to do? They had a whole new life. But what's interesting is of those 10 people who Jesus healed, as they're walking away and they're healed, one of them turns back around. Go to the next slide here. It says, one of them, seeing that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice. He gave glory to God. He fell face down at the feet of Jesus, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. This man was so grateful that Jesus saved him from self-destruction, from being alone and abused, from a certain death sentence, that he turned around. He came back to Jesus. He was so overwhelmed with what Jesus did. He didn't just say, hey, I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. He fell at his feet. And it says he cried out with a loud voice, thank you, thank you, thank you. So what does Jesus say? Jesus says, weren't 10 cleansed? Weren't, where are the other nine? Did anyone return to give glory to God except this foreigner? This one, this one guy was of another race compared to the other guys. They were Jewish. He was a Samaritan. The only one came back and look what Jesus said. He said, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. There's a difference between the 10 people who were healed and the one person who came back to Jesus. We don't know the story of the other nine, but we know the story of this one who came back to Jesus. This man who came back to Jesus realized that even though he was saved from the self-destructive pattern of leprosy, he needed to be saved from the self-destructive pattern of sin in his life. He knew that even though he, he was healed so that he could go be back with his family, he knew that he would still have conflict in his family because he had a sin problem in his life. And he knew that even though he was saved from leprosy, the leprosy wouldn't kill him, that one day he would still die and face eternity. And he comes back to Jesus and he puts his faith in Jesus. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't say your faith has healed you. He doesn't say your faith has cleansed you. He says your faith has saved you. So do you see yourself in a story? The, the way I see it, and I think the way that we all need to see it, is there are, there are two people in this story. There are two, two reactions to this story. The first reaction is for those of you that there's been a time that you've believed in Jesus, just like this dude did. He put his faith in Jesus and he trusted Jesus for eternal life. You're one of those people that has done that. 
You believe that when Jesus died on the cross that he paid the penalty for your sin so that your sin could be forgiven and you could be given new life with Jesus that starts now and lasts forever and you got that new life. And that's you. Maybe it was years ago that you trusted Jesus. Maybe it was just weeks ago that you trusted Jesus. But that's you. Are you like the guy that came back to thank Jesus? Or are you like the nine people that are like, hey, got my fire insurance policy. I'm going to go live how I want to live. This is a Thanksgiving dinner. If you've been saved by Jesus, you know what we should be doing before we go down and absolutely pig out and get indigestion, diarrhea, upset stomach, all the above? You know what we should be doing? We should be telling Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this new life. So maybe that's you. Maybe that's you in a story. But then there's another possibility to where you could see yourself in the story. You identified with the fact that you have self-destructive behaviors in your life. And you've identified with the fact that you feel like you have no connections and no relationships and you feel so alone. And maybe you're even the victim of, of abuse or bullying. Maybe you've been thinking a whole lot about what happens after somebody dies. And you don't know your answer to that question. Can I invite you to do what so many other people in this building have done? is to take a moment and put your faith in Jesus. It's not a special like magic prayer or incantation that you have to say. It's a matter of saying, I'm gonna put my faith, I'm gonna trust that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for me. And I'm gonna trust that Jesus can give me new life. That he can save me from the self-destructive behaviors of sin. That he can give me a relationship with him and good relationships with others. I trust that when I die and I take my last breath and my eyes close on this life, that I will wake up in heaven in eternity with God. I'm asking you to do that tonight. So we're gonna pray here and in a little while we're gonna get some food. But I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. And, and, and please just respect the moment that we're going to spend with God here. No, no looking around, no talking, just, just for a moment here. And I want, to, I want to ask you two questions. The first question is, how many of you here, you here tonight, you've put your faith in Jesus? And you just want to be like this man here that just says, thank you, thank you, Jesus. You know you're saved. You know you're forgiven. Jesus paid it all and he did it all. And you just want to say, with everybody just bowing their heads, just, you just want to put your hand up and say, I, I'm thanking Jesus tonight that I'm saved. Not everybody could put their hands up. And, and uh, I don't know your situation and I don't know your story. But maybe as we're just kind of all just keeping our heads bowed, eyes closed, just taking a moment with God. Is there anybody here tonight... You say, Matt, I, I really want to know more about Jesus. I really want to, I, I want to trust in Jesus and I want to believe in Jesus and I want to have that new life he offers. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. We just put your hands up saying, I want to, I want to, I want that new life in Jesus. I want that new life in Jesus. Thank you. I'm going to pray for us and then I've got one thing I want to share with you before we head downstairs. So let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus. A lot of us here tonight are people who have that new life in you. And it would be wrong for us. It would be ungrateful for us not to just pause before we have this great time of eating together and hanging out together and just say thank you. And we thank you. 
Well, God, I pray that if tonight there's someone who, who can't say that, they, don't have, they, they have not had that experience. Um, God, that they were put their faith and trust in you tonight. God, I thank you for the, the three people who raised their hands indicating they want to believe in Jesus and they're putting their faith in Jesus. Um, God, I pray that this new life that starts now and lasts forever, that tonight will be the beginning of a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful walk with you. Um, God, I pray that in a moment as we go downstairs and as we eat, um, it'll be a time of fun, it'll be a time of fellowship and just, just having a great time. Um, but we'll remember, you're the reason we're gathered here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.